Welcome back to the Wedding Wisdom Podcast with Doug Winters. This is episode 90. So we're creeping up on the century mark, and I'm up for ideas about that 100th episode if anybody has any brainstorms. And my guest today is Nancy Holer of Shimmer NYC, which is, you know what? She's here. Why don't you describe? <laughs> I'm so excited. Hi, Doug. Nice, nice to, see to see you. you. Very excited to be here. Yeah, Shimmer NYC. We're an event planning company in New York City, but we also do some destination things as well. Right. It's a very cool name, Shimmer. Ah, uh, yes. Took a long time to get that name. Amanda O'Callaghan, who was on two episodes ago, introduced me to Nancy and Rochelle Doreen, who was on literally right. the episode dropped today. And then I've got Greta, yeah. two weeks. Well, the four of them... And I'll let you tell the story, but met on a sort of yeah. venue search in the Hudson right, Valley right. that Amanda is the queen of. Amanda specializes in events in yeah. Hudson Valley. And Georgie, who is a photographer friend of ours, introduced four event planners and one caterer to, we all, no one knew each other before we went on the trip. It was like the Tuesday, Wednesday before COVID hit, which was Friday the 13th in March. It was Friday the 13th? It was Friday the 13th. Is when COVID, you know, when we shut down in, yeah, in New York City. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And we all took a train out of Penn Station and we all met each other then through this photographer. Uh, we took the train up to Hudson or no, beyond Hudson, maybe. Can we just talk about this for a second? The Hudson Valley is like Tribeca was 20 years ago. It's become really hot. Yeah. Even like New York City, super fancy weddings are going to these farms between an hour and an hour and a half up from me and I live in Westchester. Could you describe what this is all about, especially because you went on a, like a venue tour? Right. So Amanda, who specializes in the tented events and in, in the Hudson Valley, arranged this tour for us. And we all, as we said, met in Penn Station. We took the train up and we all got into Amanda's car and none of us knew each other. We all just knew this one common photographer. And we spent literally the day, I want to say we left on the 10 o'clock train, got there maybe at noon. And we spent the next eight hours together driving south and hitting multiple venues on the way down. And we saw eight different venues and she set this whole thing up. Oh, so she was the tour guide. She was the tour guide. She had set up all these meetings and then we just all really hit it off. And we ended up in the train station. Oh gosh, I don't even know which one, but our last place, we had like dinner all together and we just, we all really got along. And when we got home, you know, back to normal life when COVID hit, you know, we all were kind of going through this craziness of like every event getting canceled, canceled, canceled. And it was just like, we were a huge support team for each other. And I didn't really have that. I didn't have that with other event planners. You know, it just turned into like this really great relationship. And Rochelle's in LA. Amanda's up north in the Hudson Valley, and Greta has recently moved to Miami. And we share ideas, we share information, we bounce ideas off of each other. Seriously, it is like one of the silver linings of this whole thing. I'm just so grateful for them because, again, I didn't really have that before. And it's so great. Like, I run into a problem or an issue or whatever, and I can just call them and say, what do you think a good pricing is for this? Or have you worked with a caterer? I'm doing an event up in Connecticut. My, it's going to be a tented wedding. That was double canceled in Miami. It was supposed to be November oh. of 20. We moved it to June of 21. It was a destination wedding in Miami. Everybody was coming from New York City. And we're like, you know what? People are just not going to be ready to travel, we don't think. So we're having it local, yeah. two hours north. And it's 
going to be my first tented wedding and and I needed recommendations for like caterers in that area and Amanda had like you know two awesome people not to mention a tent and she helped me with the tenting company it was yeah so it was in fact I just did a podcast with Steve Frost from Stanford Tent oh okay gave Uh me literally you know a survey course in tents there's so you think oh tent there's just one tent sail cloth sail cloth lighting subfloors and HVAC that's a a course in itself. <laughs> yeah, literally, like he was saying that the the subflooring could be the most expensive thing there. Right. Yeah. There's so many different factors you have to take into it. But so anyway, we we formed a group. We will gather and we are a support group for each other. And we invite other people within the industry. Our big thing is collaborate over competition. I'm a big believer that there's plenty of business to go around. We should all help each other. We should all pay it forward. I'm going to speak to somebody like next week who's just starting out in the business and I'm happy to talk to them about anything. I mean, why shouldn't we help each other? There's, as I said, there's so much business to go around. I think it's the right thing to do. Not that I'm just too good or whatever, but I'm a big believer in that. I was telling Rochelle this exact same thing that I don't know a single other band leader in New York or anywhere. Right. I might know the names, but I've never spoken to them. I don't know their pricing. I don't know. I would actually like to have a back and forth you know, it's like, I was thinking maybe the first bunch of parties coming back, you know, what should we hit them with music wise? Right. I would like to be able to do that, but it does not exist in music in photography. And like I said, this is our 90th episode. Maybe 30 of them have been planners. They all speak to each other and all have this philosophy that there's plenty of work to go around. If this one's not right for me, it's going to be right for someone else. And there's this group called. Oh, the engagement. Engage. Summit. Engage, Engage. it's actually Engage Summits. And the people that go on it love each other. It's like family. And they've all like referred each other. Um, Yeah, so there is that sort of camaraderie. Yes, collaborate over competition. Yeah, which is amazing. Share your sources, share your information, pay it forward, you know, anything to, I don't know, help other people out or. It is really interesting. Yeah. All right. So you've been in business for eight years. Correct. Yes. Which in my mind makes you a baby. I've been in business for almost 30. Wow. Done like okay. 1,500 weddings right. and a thousand corporate parties and wow. a couple hundred bar mitzvahs. And Rochelle just started her company in 2018. Right. Yep. And then I'll talk to Preston Bailey, who's been in business for 10 years longer than I have. Mm-hmm. So talk to me. How'd you start in the business? What, what got you involved in it? You have a really interesting background. I, yeah. So I came from a Wall Street background and I, I worked on a trading desk. I traded stocks at a big firm in a department of 70 men and five women. And so you really had to have a voice. Really? <laughs> and stick up for yourself. Yeah. I traded bonds first for about five years. I traded over the counter stocks for 10 years. And then I moved on and I did recruiting for Wall Street firms for about five years. And as I was doing that, we were kind of going through like a financial downturn in 2009, 2010. Recruiting was getting dried up uh, for external companies and big firms were doing the recruiting in-house. And so business for me being an external recruiter was starting to dry up. And I was sitting at my desk and I'm like, I can't sit here and wait for this business to happen because that's not my right, personality. Right, right. I'm like a go-getter. I have to be busy and I have to get things accomplished and work, 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 work. So I made my pros and cons list. And at the time, my kids were like 10 and 11. And, you know, I had worked 
all the time, full time up until that time, you know, leaving the house at like 6.15 in the morning to go to my office. And I really felt at that time that, you know, they're kind of moving into the teenage years. And I thought it was really important for me to be home as a mom when they got home from school as a teenager. And you're, you're in New York City. I'm in New York City, right? Okay. On the West side. So I felt like, I almost felt like it was more important for me to be there in their teenage years than their younger years in a sense. And that's my own philosophy. So I made my pros and cons list and I'm like, what am I good at? What can I do? Where's my network? And so it came down to my network is my kids and the school that they attend and all of their best friends, parents are my best friends. Oh, and they're 11 or 12. I know where you're going with this. You know, bar mitzvahs are very recession proof, as I say. And, you know, everybody has to have one. I had one myself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, this is a great network. I have, you know, this network. I also have my Wall Street network. And I love to do, you know, we used to always do, this is kind of a crazy story, but my husband and I used to always do these parties on our roof of our apartment building. And we would, we love to cook and we love to entertain. We love music. And we would have like, we would invite like 200 people to our roof and we would cook. We would cook everything. We would make everything. We would have like themes. And this is before you were in this industry. Oh, before. Yeah. yeah. When I was oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So this is as I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to mm-hmm. do next. And also at the same time, people would always come to me and be like, man, you know, I need a, I need an event space. I need a, like a room for 50 people. Where's a good place to have a party? And I'm, I'd love to do that research and like kind of go investigate and see like what, you know, what's available and what they serve. And long story short, I decided to start this event planning business. It started out kind of slow and it was all word of mouth. And my first bar mitzvah was at Robert, which is in Columbus Circle in the Museum of Art and Design. It's like upstairs and overlooks um, Columbus Circle. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful place. So I had a lunch in there and that was for like mostly family and close friends. And then the family ended up having a kid's party afterwards. So it's my first rodeo, so to speak. And we get there and it's kind of a chilly day. I think it's March and people are coming in and everybody's getting grabbing a drink. And how many guests? Probably about a hundred. How many adults and how many kids? Just so we get a picture. Probably more adults and kids at this point because the kids are going to have a kids party later on. Oh, this is the lunch at Robert. This is the lunch, yeah, at Robert. So I'm like watching all these people come in, and all of a sudden these two ladies get off the elevator. And I, if you know the space, it's like nine floors, and you can get off at different spots on the elevator to go visit different art exhibits. Oh wow! Yeah. So these women get off the elevator and they have their coats on, and they kind of walk in, they look around, like you know, middle-aged mm-hmm. kind of women or mm-hmm. whatever. And they go over, they get themselves a drink at the bar. And I look at them and I start following them. And I'm like, okay. And then they're taking some appetizers, you know, from the people who are passing some apps and stuff. And so I I went over to them and I said, excuse me. I'm like, um, you know, this is a private event. This is, you know, a party. Are, who, who are you? Are you part of this? And they're like, oh yeah, we were invited by Harry over there. And I go, oh, okay, great. So I go over to my client and I say to her, I go, I, I go, I don't know. I'm like, this is kind of crazy. And man, I'm way off base, but do you know those two women over there? And she's like, nope, don't know them at all. So she goes over to them and they were like bar mitzvah crashers. It was so funny because it was the first one I ever did. And these people are like crashing the bar mitzvah. That's hysterical. You know, my client Jesus. asked them to leave. 
Why? I, I see. I understand wedding so, crashers. So, anyways, well, you know, if you're trying to, you know, pick up girls or find a guy, but I mean, yeah. bar mitzvah <laughs> crashers. <laughs> it's like, and they just like blatantly lied to me. It was hysterical. So anyway, I've done bar mitzvahs. I've done weddings. I've done lots of destination, big birthday parties, like to Mexico, Jamaica. I've done some, you know, destination weddings in Barbados. And so I kind of like, you know, I kind of get dip my fingers into all different areas. And one of my big plans for 2020 was to start building out the corporate arena, because I feel like there's a lot of repeat business there. Absolutely. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that kind of fell to the toilet. So this year, I've really, you know, spent a lot of time in building out my business in the sense of like revamping my website tweaking all my social media platforms, taking classes, getting certifications, and just constantly trying to up my game. Like I, you know, I'm kind of like here, I really want to get it up. I really want to take it up a notch, like a big notch. I feel like I've been here for a little while and I really want to go to the next level. Right. So now hopefully, you know, I'm starting to get some inquiries, you know, bar mitzvahs this week has been really knock on wood. I've gotten like quite a few inquiries bar mitzvahs, some virtual events, and actually even a wedding. I think corporate is probably going to be the last to come back. I think social, as we, as I'm seeing already, is starting to trickle in a little bit with the vaccine hopes in the, on the horizon. And I think corporate is still going to be like a little bit, you know, delayed. Um, I think they're going to continue to do their virtual and then they're going to go move into like hybrid where they'll do, you know, they'll do some in person, but they'll have like the virtual component as well, because I think they're going to, they believe, and I believe they can reach a, a greater audience having the virtual component. And so I think that we're going to be a little bit longer for the corporate and I'm happy to keep doing my social and slide in some corporate here and there along the way. Can you explain to me a virtual event. People have, people have said that and I kind of let it slide and I never actually stopped and asked somebody. My niece was by mm -hmm. and it was virtual. Right. And I got to tell you, it was astonishingly boring. Yeah, It's tough. It's because it's you really have to engage your audience on a social level as a bar mitzvah. I have done one recently where the link goes out and they do the service. You know, people can watch the service if they choose to. And mm -hmm. this particular one that I did, I did um, a virtual hug where we sent a link around to all the guests and they sent back a 15 to 30 second video saying congratulations. And then we did a montage also. We sent boxes of goodies, like a customized logo cookie with personalized napkins and kippas and the candy that you throw out. And what other things did we put in there? Uh, we put in some other little goodies. And so these packages got to the, all the guests, you know, about a week before the bar mitzvah, they had links to go to these things and they could, you know, hopefully engage. You could punch it up a notch, I guess you would say you could have like a live MC, you have a whole timeline. You could do like introduction, like the parents could get on and do a speech and you could do some candle lighting and then you could do a dance party if you wanted to, and it could all be virtual, but it's, it's hard to keep everybody engaged. So that's the trick, right? Keeping yeah, everybody yeah. engaged. So I did a, I did a virtual um, holiday party recently and we did this amazing trivia game show and everybody was so into it. We also had a virtual photo booth. So again, you have to engage the crowd because if you don't, everyone's got is so zoomed out. <laughs> yeah. that you, like us yeah. right now. <laughs> But you really, yeah, I think the key is to keep them engaged. And, um, you know, there's big events that take place where you have like 
speakers, we either could do them live or you could do the recorded within like a, a platform and you could have breakout rooms where people can go and chat with other people and, you know, then go back and have, again, the, the virtual presentation of whoever might the speaker might be. So there's all different types of virtual events and it, it, they vary, obviously, according to what the event is and, and what, you know, people are looking for. So you're really physically engaging them by sending them a package in the mail. Right. In advance. Yes. Physically. And then also technologically also. Well, yeah. Yeah, of course. Right. But I, I love that idea of the trivia game. Oh, trivia game. So fun. And people would like on a chat line. Like how, how would it work? So you and you could personalize it, too. Like if you wanted to make it all about, you know, let's say uh, the history of a company, like, you know, and, and different departments within the company or. Or if it's a bar mitzvah, if you want to make it all about, you know, little Joey's uh, favorite, (laughs) whatever. So you have a a moderator who gets the whole crowd going. There's a chat on the side where everybody kind of starts talking to each other and whooping it up. And then there's a question that flashes on the screen and says, who won the Super Bowl in, I'm just throwing this out, in 2018, A, B, C. And it'll say like, you know, the Chiefs, the the. Buccaneers, the I'm a huge sports fan and I never know the answers to those questions. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. But um, so everybody <laughs> votes and then it tallies it all up. And then it shows the people who are in first place who has the points and stuff. And it just kind of gets everybody into it and in, involved excited about it. And it's all on your computer. You could customize it, you could put your logo on it, your company logo, your your bar mitzvah logo or whatever. But it's really super, it's super fun. You have to sort of be in it. Unfortunately, you have to adapt and you got to think on your feet and you got to go with the flow because that's where we are right now. And if if you can't be like that, then you're, you know, you're not going to, not going to make it. Yeah. Talk to me about the concept of being an event planner, because I've talked to so many of them right? and on every level, like we, like we talked about people who started two years ago, people have been, been in the business for 40 years. What is the importance of having the, a party planner? What is the importance of having the right party planner? What's the right. between having a party planner at a bar mitzvah as opposed to at a wedding, right. uh, et cetera? So I feel like the importance of having one is we know a lot of things that the clients don't. Mm-hmm. You know, We know all the ins and outs of the event from beginning to end. You're not going to get walloped or be surprised by something. Like, for example, if you go to certain venues in the city, they have in-house AV people that you have to use. And sometimes they're not necessarily upfront as to what those costs may be. So you might go in and not knowing, and all of a sudden you're going to get involved with like a $10,000 bill that you weren't expecting, you know, that's just an example. And, you know, also aside from knowing the ins and outs, I mean, you want to go to your event and if, if it's your child's bar mitzvah or if it's your wedding, you want to go and enjoy it. You don't want to have to be so stressed out worrying about everything, put it all on me. I take all that stress away from you. I give you the calm that you need. I handle everything from beginning to end. And in the meantime, I also, and I work really hard to make sure I get the best pricing for my clients and work within their budgets. You know, I do this thing that I don't think a lot of event planners do, but because of my financial background, I put together a budget where we can move the numbers around and people can play around with where they want to spend their money. But I also like, we'll do a venue comparison spreadsheet. It's sort of like that numbers part of my brain that I like to use still. Yeah. As also my creative part I have, you know, but I also like the numbers part also that I, I put together a spreadsheet and 
I compare the venues, all the different pricing aspects of it, all spelled out for you on a spreadsheet. So now, will you, they give you a list? I usually suggest a list of between three and five venues. I send them the links. We go see everything. Do they usually have some place in mind though? Not necessarily. No, okay. they tell okay. me what their style is. You know, if they like more modern, if they like a loft, if they like a, an event space, you know, event hall kind of, or uh, So to start the process, you have to know the approximate number of guests. Guests, very important. What style they like? What else? Budget is huge. Absolutely. You need to know that. But a lot of times they don't know what their, their budget is. So I kind of help them. Do they know? I mean, is it 20,000? Is it 50,000? Is it 150,000? Is it? Right. It could be all different ranges. So I, I try to help them to, to determine that. And it's like a little bit of a handholding also, you know, you've got to help them through the steps for every part of the, of the event. And, you know, vendors, vendors are huge. You, you know, I have like a deep bench of vendors that range at all different price points. Cause I don't really ever know when I'm going to get a client with a, a lower budget or a medium sized budget or a larger budget. So you could, you know, you could have a right. photographer that you could pay anywhere from $4,000 up to 10,000 plus. So is, you know, a photographer really important to you? Do you want to pay 10 plus on it? Or do you want to be on the lower range? Or do you want to be in the middle of the row? So I have developed relationships with vendors across the board in all different categories. I work with them. I'm going to say, you know, we work together and they help me out. And, and if, if something goes wrong, then, you know, we all work it together because I had this relationship. Again, another huge factor to having an event planner. Oh, this is great. Uh, you were the first person to actually really lay this out. And yeah. it really does make tremendous sense. Yeah. But I did this bar mitzvah in, uh, I want to say January. I think I'm looking at my calendar. I think it was probably almost about three years ago. The service was in Brooklyn. The guests were staying in New York, down in Tribeca, and the party was going to be in Tribeca also. Mm -hmm. I had a bus and we picked everybody up at the hotel and we went to the service in Brooklyn, but it started snowing. Oh. We get to the service and as we're there, it's starting and the venue is calling me and they're saying, Nance, you know what? I, I don't know. I, I think you really need to cancel this. This is the day of. The day of. I go, what? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, all right, let me go talk to the client. I'll come back. So I go to the client and I say, you know, I'm just hearing from the venue. The weather's really going to be bad. They're recommending that we switch the date. And the father's like, you know what? We have people here from California. We have people from Israel. We have people from London. Wow. We can't. There's no way. There's no way. Right. So I'm like, okay. So we sit through the service and we come. See, this is why I'm saying I have such respect for planners because everything falls on your shoulders. Yeah. Everything. And you've got to be quick and you've got to be able to think on your toes. Yeah. So, um, All right. So go back to the story. This is great. We, the service is over. And then we were going to go across the street to another part of the synagogue and have like a kiddish, like, you know. Mm -hmm. You want to explain that to, to people who don't. Like a table set up and it's sort of like a little mini brunchy kind of thing with like bagels and locks and salads and fruit and coffee and you know, just like right. a little nice thing. Because for anybody that doesn't know, the bar mitzvah is in two parts as a Friday night service and then a Saturday morning service, which usually starts at 10 o'clock. So this right. you could be, you're talking like noonish, right. 1130. Right, exactly. It was like around 1130. So <laughs> then you calls me back again. They're like, Nancy, this is not looking good. Okay, so I'm listening to like all the reports and it's like blizzard. They're like blizzard. So I said to the venue, I go, what are my options? They're like, you can either have it tomorrow or you can have it next week. 
before I even went and talked to the client, I went and I called all my vendors. I said, wherever you are, pull over to the side of the road right now. Oh, so they were en route. They're en route. Yeah, because they're going to go to the venue to set up. You know, some of them were coming from their warehouses if they had the games and they have like, you know, speakers and the uh, decor people are coming in. So everybody pulls over the side of the road. I go, just pull over. I'll be back to you as soon as possible. So I go and talk to the client and I said, listen, this is really not looking good. It looks like blizzard. We're afraid they're going to start closing all the bridges and the tunnels. Wow. So we're, in, we're in Brooklyn at this time, right? So they had like a little family powwow and they came back and they're like, you know what? Okay, let's switch it to tomorrow. That's amazing that they had the next day available. Right. Well, it's a Sunday. So I call the venue. We switch it. Now I have one hour. I don't know why it was only one hour because I had to do it really fast to make sure everybody could switch. Yeah. I called all the vendors and there was a band that time at that party also. So it was like five different vendors. I had to make sure they could all rebook and do it the next day. And long story short, we end up rebooking it within an hour. And so this is why the importance of having really great relationships with your vendors are so important because they're going to work with you and they want to make sure that the client is happy in the end. And that is like my main concern as well. Yeah. So we switched the whole thing to the next day. We lost some people along the way. Um, but sure enough, like as soon as we like call it and move it to the next day. Oh no, the sun came out. No, oh. no, it was a huge blizzard. And oh, it I'm was, just, okay. I'm like, okay, so I'm like on my phone, on my like, Google right now, I'm like looking it up. I'm like, okay, I had like a big bag, like my big bag of stuff that I always carry with me for like event day. And I'm like, okay, like, you know, I'm a runner, you know, I'm like, I, I'm like about four miles outside of the city, outside of my apartment. I, I could probably run home, right? Like if I can't get, <laughs> I can run over the bridge to get back to the city, right? So we end up like taking all the people back to the city. We end up getting over the bridge before they close. And sure enough, they closed all the bridges, tunnels, and the subways. Wow. Yeah. So. So the venue actually saved everybody. They did indeed. So it was a huge success the next day. Everybody showed up. There was one game they couldn't get, but I mean, you know, in the, in the game of things, it was a home run. So there, therefore, my long story. But it's a great story. important to have your event planner because they have the relationships who are going to handle this whole thing. They have the relationships and the people who are going to work with you to make sure you have the successful outcome that you deserve. That so. puts it so succinctly because- I am a vendor, right? Yes. So when, when you were telling the story, I was thinking, okay, so I'm literally picturing myself in the car getting this phone call. Yeah, right. And because now I've got maybe a, an eight or 12 piece band, each one driving individually or taking the train individually. But thank God there are cell phones. Imagine doing this 20 years ago. Oh, never. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, two things. Number one, when you call me as the planner, I want to keep you happy because I have two bosses that day. Let's say right. that I, I was the band yeah. for that party. I have you and I have the client, Yeah. but you're the one that referred me to the party. So I am directly reflecting, like my professionalism is a direct reflection to you. Yes. So I want you to use me again. Right. And so now I have to say, Nancy, are we a hundred percent sure on this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, no, and right. is it tomorrow? Exactly. What time is it tomorrow? Yep. And then I have to get on the phone and call the nine other guys the in the band. band. Members. Right. Some of them might even already be there. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, don't worry. I'll take care of you. you yeah. Know. Right. But that's a great story. 
Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. That's better than the, the bar mitzvah crashers on the first day. <laughs> <laughs> so you talked about a, a venue spreadsheet, which is brilliant. Yeah. Do you make spreadsheets for every no. element? No, for no. For the bands, for the lighting, for the... No, because once, once we kind of figure out where their price point is, um, mm-hmm. then that's figured into the budget spreadsheet. And then that's figured into which particular vendor I'm going to show them. So at that point, I don't need to do a price comparison. You know what I'm saying? Because uh-huh. they all fall into different categories in, in, my, in my mind. Just to take it from, you know, my home. Yeah. There are bands that charge $3,000. There are bands that charge $43,000. Yes. If someone's got a $100,000 budget, you're not going to call a $40,000 band. No, 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 no. Right. You're going to spend half your budget on the band. Exactly. So like, you know, maybe I would show them, you know, a $15,000, you know, I don't know, let's say band, but yeah. there is maybe there's three different guys who are in that category. So I'll show them those three. When you do the comparisons, there's so many different things that go into a venue that it's a little bit more complex than just what a, a vendor is pretty straightforward. I would say. Right. Okay. No, I'm just trying to picture this spreadsheet because I think that's brilliant. And I think your background to be able to utilize that in such a productive way. Yeah. Um, where it's not just random. They say, all right, how are we going to get, you know, 300 people in this place that really only fits 280, but like you take care of all that stuff. Yeah. Everything from, I, as, I, as I say, I'm soup to nuts. A- anything that you can think of, I, I do. And the little stuff in between. Yeah. Oh, of course. Oh my God. There's so much stuff in between. So many things. Because I say this to almost everyone that I interview, that I know the stress level, Rochelle was talking about her um, aerial and how she deals with stress and and that people aren't aware that this is a very stressful business. Yeah. But it's funny, like the the stress level is so huge. I'd be honest, the the whole thing throughout the the blizzard thing, I was pretty calm because I was really confident in my vendors. I knew they were going to do right by me. So I feel like I am sort of a calming force. But mm-hmm. some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that the client never even knows about, nor do they need to know about, Right. that for them to try to handle it on their own would like ruin their day. Not to mention thousands and thousands of dollars in deposits and, right. and then yeah. contracts. It's like, all right, you didn't do it in time, so you owe me the full amount. And it's like... Right. It's just important to stay calm, be organized, listen to your clients and make sure that they're happy and they want to come back for more and they recommend you to other people. That's, you know, in the end, it's your name on the line. I just got a call actually in the last week with a third um, child that I'm going to do bar mitzvah for, for the family. Oh, wow. It's really nice. Yeah. That's the ultimate compliment, I think. Yeah, it is. It is really, I was really excited to get the call from them. So... Like net, when I talk to you now, it's like, now I can't imagine not having. Yeah. Well, that's great. Now just tell everybody else that. Hire me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have a DJ on. Do you have like a favorite DJ that, that, that you think would be? DJ. Because I think what's becoming really big now is the DJ and the band playing together. Oh my God. I was just going to say that to you. Some of the best parties I've ever done in my life. Because yeah. we started out as a house band in Manhattan at a club. We were a live band. We do like basically 45 minute sets and then the DJ would take over yeah. and we, we would signal to the DJ when our last song was. Right. And so the DJ would literally start mixing in because we always do songs in the original key. So the DJ would start mixing in to exactly our tempo. Right. 
yeah. and we're both playing the exact same thing at the exact same time. Oh, that's cool. We can start fading out and yeah. they, they take over. And the best compliments we ever get is that I didn't know whether the band or the DJ was playing unless I looked up. Yeah. No, I could totally introduce you to somebody who's who has a company who has DJs and stuff. Good, because so I'm also asked all the time. Yeah. It's like, you know, and do you have any packages with DJs? Yeah, I think it would be a great addition to your company. Is there anything we didn't touch on? I don't think so. I mean... We definitely did the blizzard. Right. No, I think we got it all. Perfect. Thanks, Nancy. All right, thank you so much. I hope okay. we'll talk soon. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again to the amazing Nancy Holler. That was terrific. To find more about Nancy and Shimmer NYC, follow her on Instagram at ShimmerNYC underscore events, or go to her beautiful website at ShimmerNYC.com. For my beautiful website, go to DougWintersMusic.com, and as always, I'm at Doug Winters Inc. on Instagram. It is Monday, February 1st, and the first blizzard in a really long time. This is some serious snow. So everybody, please bundle up, stay warm, stay safe. COVID's not over, believe it or not. Stay masked up, and let's get those vaccines going. I just want to thank you for spending some precious time with me, and I appreciate all of you for your input into the podcast and we're going to keep on going please stay warm stay safe and i'll see you next week bye bye now